Hey, good day, everybody. Thank you for so much for tuning in to Total Wellness Radio. Your host, Dan Young, here in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Today's episode 226, we catch up with Karen Cottenden. She is in London, England. She has been focusing on a vegan lifestyle for well over 28 years now. She is a graduate of the Vegetarian Nutritional Therapy Program taught at the British School of Yoga, where she coaches people in transitioning to a vegan lifestyle. Her plant-based dietary changes that also improved her own health, she uses to help people successfully work into a vegan lifestyle to improve their general health and lose weight, all the way to those more chronic illness type cases of epilepsy and HIV. Her motto, health is wealth. Thank you again so much for tuning in to Total Wellness Radio, making us a part of your day, and sit back and enjoy this episode, episode 226. Good day, everybody. This is Dan Young with Total Wellness Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Today, a very special guest, Karen Cottenden in London. Karen, thank you so much for being on Total Wellness Radio. Hi. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play with our audio here a little bit and see how we do there, and and we'll try and do the best we can with what we got to work with. It's pretty amazing that we get to have conversations like this. I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. All right, I'm gonna turn up the volume just a little bit. Perfect. So, for those of you who are listeners of Total Wellness Radio, the the focus of our podcast is really on some of the backstory information around practitioners from around the world, what draw them, uh, what drew them into natural healing, the healing arts, what was the catalyst or experience or uh, the event that took place in their life that really put them on this path in natural health. And, and for you, Karen, I'd just like to have you take as much time as you wish and kind of share with our listeners um, those things uh, surrounding your uh, entrance into the natural health field. Right, okay, so a bit about my background then. So I, I've only been doing what I do now for five years. Um, I initially went vegan 28 years ago, oh, wow. primarily for health. Okay. Um, sorry, are you, still, are you still adjusting the audio? No, we're Is good. That, am, I, am I good? Okay, I'll come. No, on. you're good, thank you. You're coming through loud okay. and clear. Fantastic. Okay, so yeah, I went vegan about 28 years ago, roughly 28 years ago. Um, it was primarily for health. I can't pretend I had any sort of high moral thing going on about the ethics of it. Um, a little bit. I was happy that in going vegan, I was, you know, stopped quitting, you know, causing, causing cruelty and death to animals. But it was largely for health. Um, basically, I suffered from chronic asthma and eczema. And I think it was my mum that told, I think she heard from someone who heard from someone, it was that kind of thing, that if you eliminated dairy from your diet, then uh, that could potentially heal the asthma and eczema. So, and I've I've been, you know, I've flirted with vegetarianism anyway for a long time, so uh, as a teenager, so that wasn't sort of foreign to me, you know, not eating meat, and I I was sort of not eating much meat at that point anyway. So I cut out dairy, and sure enough, I got rid of my asthma and eczema, um, which is brilliant. And I was shocked at the time because I was just like, people don't know this. Uh, but I didn't 
really sort of have the desire to go around proselytizing about it at that point. I was just happy that I had, you know, improved my conditions. Um, and I didn't really have any ambition to, to work in the field of health at that point. So after I'd gone vegan, I, I lived in France for four years. I was, I was in the bands there. I came back. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Uh, I was in a band here for a while. Music is my first love, to be perfectly honest with you. So that was what I was trying to pursue at that point, seriously. Um, and then when my band uh, fell through here, I completed a master's degree at the uh, University of London in uh, in religion. I had the idea then that I wanted to work in interfaith dialogue. I thought that would be a good idea. So I completed my master's degree and looked to, well, I visit America quite a lot, so we, was, we were trying to get a visa to come and live in America, and there, there was a center for interfaith dialogue in Memphis. Um, but obviously this was after 9-11, and it just became very, very, very difficult to get a visa. Basically, mm. you don't want foreigners unless we're really, really rich, so that was fire. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... I could have, I was thinking about doing a PhD in America, but um, again, it would have been really, really difficult and almost impossible to, to live while doing it. So so that didn't happen. So and, and all this time, I'm, you know, I'm working as well, just doing odd jobs, but I, did, I just didn't know sort of where to put my focus. Um, and and it, I, I wasn't sort of thinking that being plant-based or being vegan, whatever you want to call it, I, that wasn't, it didn't really define me. It was just how I ate. It wasn't a, a big deal at that point. Um, so it was probably two things eventually that made me decide to sort of start my own initiative to help others. Um, about 15 years ago, I got quite sick. I realized that I had um, sort, of a, sort of gross systemic candida in my body. I had all sorts of horrid, horrid symptoms, lots mm. of nasty symptoms that I won't go into. Lots of rashes, lots of ringworm everywhere, all over my neck, and oh my gosh. rashes around my eyes, which I now realise was Morgellons disease, which is massively linked to candida. I didn't realise that at the time. Um, and yeah, I was really suffering. Just I was just in such pain and discomfort the the entire time. I think it was largely to do with um, massive overdose of antibiotics um, in my youth. I was prescribed antibiotics for acne so I took those for a number of years and I had the current UTI so I took antibiotics for those I'm not you know damning antibiotics if anyone is prescribed them, they should take them it's just in my case I was massively able to prescribe them so I think that was a big factor in it I think that even though I was quite eating quite healthily as a vegan I was still eating a lot of sugar and obviously sugar and refined foods feed uh, candida so I think that was an issue as well so I had to sort of take a step back and think, how can I improve my, what would uh, work, what, what within my diet can I change that, that would help this? So, and I did a, a time, I mean, you know, long story, well, I've already made it long, but long story, I'll cut it as short as I can from now on. Um, I just looked into it and thought, okay, oh, it's a whole food plant-based diet that is going to improve this. It's cutting out refined starches, you know, eliminating sugar as much as possible. Um, so, so I did that, and over a period of a couple of years, I, I did cure myself of the candida, and now my wow. gut health is really, really good. I mean, doctors could not help me at all. They didn't know. They both really, hopefully it's better now, but they didn't know anything about it at the time. 
and they got defensive if I asked them about, you know, overprescription antibiotics. So anyway, so I, I, I cured myself of that, thank goodness. And it was that that made me think, okay, so I've been on these, I've had these two sort of health um, epiphanies, as it were. One sort of getting rid of the, of the asthma and eczema by going vegan. And then again, these years later, by refining that and eliminating refined starches and sugars and yeasts and all those kinds of things. Yes. And people don't know, you know, and, and then I just, you know, people, most people do have an imbalance in gut bacteria to a larger or smaller degree and they don't know it. They don't yep. realize it. That's right. And they might have, you know, several symptoms and just not realize what's causing those symptoms. So, and at that point, the other thing that sort of made me decide to start my own sort of initiative to help people was more and more information. I started to become aware of the plant-based doctors like Dr. T. Colin Campbell, Dr. Caldwell Essenstein, Dr. Neil Barnard, Dr. Michael Borrego. I don't know if you're aware of these people. Um, and just other, there were other sort of high-profile people who started writing books about, about veganism or about the, uh, a, a plant-based diet. Like, I don't know if you know Kathy Preston. She's just sort of quite a high-profile high um, person. I think she was an author. And she wrote about being vegan. Alicia Silverstone, she's an actor. Yes. She wrote about, she wrote a book with a kind diet, all about a plant-based diet. So all those things together, I just thought, I have all this knowledge. Um, yes. You know, about how to, I have all this knowledge to share about how to really optimize your health and how to refine your diet to make it just, you know, just, just the optimal diet for health, really. Yes. So, and I wanted to... Um, help people go vegan because that was sort of coming more and more into into the mainstream narrative right so uh yeah so i decided to become a vegan coach firstly and uh then be a nutritional therapist as well alongside of that but obviously you know a plant-based nutritional therapist i'm not going to be encouraging people to eat eggs or dairy or anything like that right i love that you mentioned caldwell esselstein he's one of my favorites he is, um, he's, amazing. He's, he's amazing. He's amazing. And he lo he looks about thirty years younger than he is, I think. Yeah, he's quite he's quite he's an amazing, amazing guy. So, in going through that personal journey of healing yourself, which is one of my favorite ways for practitioners, I think, uh, yeah. and it's very common, right, that they heal yeah. themselves and they realize, wow. There's other people that need to know that this can happen for them too. Yeah. 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 And it, but it, it's quite sad in a way because you just realise all these people that are suffering, and they're being misinformed by their by their mainstream doctors. And yeah, you just want to change change everything right away, and just so that no more bad information gets out there. Yeah. So it's quite frustrating to think about it in that way. Yeah. So what was the now that you're uh, now that you're working with people on this and helping them un yeah. to discover the truth, right? Yeah. <laughs> what do you feel? Uh, what do you feel is the most fulfilling thing that you uh, that you experience in your daily career now? So okay, so there's two things. The first thing is that I just it's very fulfilling because I, I see people with all all kinds of issues. I'll, I'll be honest, the main issues are weight loss. Everybody wants to lose weight. 
Um, and another, the other sort of main thing that I deal with is sort of gastrointestinal issues, digestive issues, that kind of thing. But there's also lots of other issues. I, I, I've, I've helped people with HIV, with epilepsy, um, rheumatoid arthritis, just lots and lots of different uh, issues. So it's, there's always, there's always, you know, it, it's always different. The other thing that really excites me, and that you might, this is something that you might not sort of think that you might not think I'm going to say is that just seeing with people the moments where they sort of have um where it clicks where things sort of click and we realize that we've been sort of fed lines our entire lives about you know dairy being good you must eat dairy to get calcium you must eat red meat for iron you must eat fish to get your omega-3 and and when we read you know when people realize that They've been sort of told all these constructs. They've been taught all these constructs. And you can just sort of see them crumbling, you know, behind people's eyes. Oh, oh, okay. Um, and the things we've been told about, I mean, this is sort of going into sort of like the ethics sort of side of it, but the things we've been taught about animals and, you know, they're here for us to eat, etc. that kind of thing. So it, and, and when people realise that they've been taught a lot of bunkum on one issue, it sort of makes them think about other issues and they start thinking, ah, yes. maybe there's other issues. You know, just things like, you know, men are like this, women are like that, or just other more, you know, I don't want to go into a whole philosophical thing, but just all of these, there's, there's many other areas in which they, and this sort of releases their critical thinking faculties and then makes them think about all these other things in, in, in new ways. Um, and one thing that helps um, them to understand that is when, when uh, I mean, cholesterol is a massive thing, you know. Yeah. Same. In America, people get to a certain age and then they have cholesterol in plant food, it's only in animal food. And people are never told that. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when I say that to my clients, it, it blows their mind that they yeah. say, oh, what if I just become big and I won't be ingesting any cholesterol? I mean, I mean, there's a small group of people that, that genetically will have high cholesterol anyway. But I mean, then it's even more imperative that they eat a whole food plant-based diet and don't ingest any animal cholesterol. Yeah. But it's, so it's just sort of realizations like that, that things aren't quite as they have been led to believe and how that impacts on the rest of their thinking in life. So that's what thrills me yeah. most. Yeah, and, and the problem is in, in America, 25 years ago, allowable cholesterol rates were 300, okay? Cholesterol is a biochemical marker. It's not an indicator of disease, number one. Number two, in our country, in our country, we lowered that from 300 to 200, and people are kind of shocked to hear that, well, if that's really a problem, if that's a disease marker, and we eliminated one-third of it in our country, shouldn't we see less cardiovascular problems? Shouldn't we see less arteriosclerosis and heart attack and stroke? Shouldn't we see less yeah. hardening of the arteries? It's tripled. Right, right. So cholesterol does, I mean, cholesterol yeah, in and of itself is, not, is only a chemical marker. It is not an right. indicator of a disease. Plus, so why are they sort of giving statins away so free? Well, not, they're not giving them away in America, obviously. People are paying a lot of money for them. But why are, why are they sort of selling them to people so freely then? And why are they sort of prescribing them so freely? Because it lowers a number. Right, okay. Yeah, because they're convinced, yeah. like what you're touching on, they're convinced, 
oh my gosh, if I have cholesterol, there's a guy by the name of Dr. Joel Wallach that precedes Caldwell Esselstyn. He was, uh, he was one of the veterinarians on Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom with Marlon Perkins years ago. And he did a study and it shows very conclusively that people who have total cholesterol of 220 and higher have less cardiovascular incidence than those with 220 and less. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah. So, so we've been led to think that the cholesterol is the problem and it's not the problem. So there's another construct that needs to, we need to make collapse then. 100%. 100%. So when you're working with people and you have a fascinating story, I'm so glad we're doing this interview. When you're working with people, what do you find to be, you've touched on some of it, but what are some of the biggest challenges that you face with helping others? Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I can tell you that. That's so, that's so easy for me to answer. So the biggest challenge is, I don't, I mean, people are so brainwashed by by the, the, the whole paleo, Atkins, um, the, the whole um, low-carb, high-fat diets. I think it used to be Atkins, I think, was the first one. I don't know, maybe there was one that preceded that. And then, is it the Zone diet? I think the Zone diet was yep. very low carb, high fat as well. Yep. And now, now the, the the most current sort of form of that is the Paleo diet. So, you know, it, it's very very high fat. So people eat lots of meat, um, and it's very low carb. And people have just been brainwashed to hate carbs, and they're really carb phobic. And so I'll, I'll meet a client for the first time. And I, I, I will ask them, look, have you been influenced at all by the paleo diet? Have you tried the paleo diet? And then they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, but I'm over it now. That's fine. I just want to do what you're doing now. Just, you know, teach me what you're going to teach. Oh, okay. So I'll, you know, have a chat with them. I'll do them a meal plan containing lots of carbs because in my view, it's a high-carb, low-fat diet that is optimal for the majority of people for our health. Um, and then I'll... I'll meet them again, and then give me a food diary before I see anyone, um, before every session I ask for a food diary, and I'll see that they haven't included the carbs. They haven't eaten many carbs, and I'll say, well, what? why aren't you eating carbs? And it, it will transpire. I can sort of, you know, out them that they're absolutely petrified of carbs. Now, when um, you say... And they just don't, they're just carbophobic, is that what the word yeah. Sorry, go on. No, when you say when you say carbs, yeah. what what do you mean by that though? Because you know, the the we live in a country right now, our country we spend over 3 trillion dollars a year on disease management, and yeah. one out of every 4 of those dollars is going to treat type 2 diabetes. Right. So that's 800 billion dollars that we waste and it's a 100% diet-related problem. So when you say yeah. carbs, please educate me and our listeners that what kind of carbs you're talking about. Be- right, yeah. Well, th- this, is, this is the entire point, and I know I don't need to educate you. I know you know this, but, but we'll talk to the listeners. Um, yeah, I mean, what the thing is, with the, with the paleo diet and all of these sort of uh, low-carb diets, they just treat carbs as one sort of homogenous loop like all carbs are bad and that's so disingenuous it's so it's such misinformation thank there you are good carbs and there are bad carbs and the good carbs are basically any carb in its whole form so unrefined starches so we're talking about 
brown rice instead of white rice. We're talking about whole wheat instead of white wheat. And by the way, in America, it is so hard to avoid white wheat. You go and buy some wholemeal bread. Well, sorry, we say wholemeal. You guys say whole wheat. But you'll go to a, a supermarket and buy, buy some uh, whole wheat bread, and it will still have white flour in. They still put a portion of white, and it's like, why? Why can't you just have 100%? We're not scared of, you know, bread looking brown. That's absolutely fine. It's, I, they, they just don't, I, I mean, whenever I'm in America, I just eat Isicule bread, and it's ridiculously expensive, but it's the only one that is completely whole grain. So, yeah, yeah. so people just don't realise that there are carbs and carbs, and the ones that you do want to avoid are your, your, your white starches, your white rice, your white wheat, your white sugars, um, because they're, they're just, the body doesn't know what to do with them. It's not a food in its whole form, and it, it turns into sugar in your body, and it, it will give you, well, my issue with it is that it, it will imbalance your gut bacteria or basically feed the bad bacteria. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so I just have to, like, re-help people to sort of unlearn what they've learned about carbs, teach yep. them about good carbs and why it's your whole dense carbs that are your energy source. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you've got good energy, you, you're going to want to exercise, you're going to just function optimally. But so it's the whole, so, yeah, so it's carb phobia. And some people are very honest at the beginning. Some people will tell me that they're a bit scared of carbs. And that's, so that's great. I can work with that. And sure. Be gentle with them. And, but sometimes I have to really dig it out because I don't find out that they're carb phobic until like the second session. So that that is a challenge. Yes. The other big one, which is very, very similar. Oh, and can I just say there's no, to the best of my knowledge, this moment, this day, there is no peer-reviewed science behind any of the um, low-carb, high-fat diets. It's there's science, but it's sort of cherry-picked. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not great science. And I, you know, I'm not a doctor. I sound, you know, I'm mouthing off a lot here. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a humble nutritionist. What I take my information from from the plant-based doctors, from the people that actually are doctors, like Dr. Michael Greger, Dr. T. Conley, etc. Sure. So. When we hear me stating facts like that, I am taking it from from the doctors. I'm not just I'm not just you know being an arrogant nutritionist who thinks they know they know everything. <laughs> but but the, the other challenge is there was a book um, I can't remember the author, um, but it was called Grain Brain. Yes. And again, yes. again, it's sort of brainwashed brainwashed people. It's brainwashed people into thinking that grains are bad. Yeah. Um, and of course, um, you know there are very few people that do that are intolerant to grains and that that's fine but that's a very small proportion of people yeah. most people really you know really respond well to, to whole grains because that's what our bodies are meant to eat and yeah. civilization after civilization ancient civilization after ancient civilization that have thrived on on whole grains so it's just re-educating people about that. But I mean, the, the people who, the guys who wrote the book on paleo and the Atkins diet and whoever wrote Brain Brain, I mean, that, for me, they're criminals, but well, they've got so much to answer for. Well, but, but you have to remember what their focus is, is all the processed and refined grains. So we have to stand yeah. in agreement with the fact that when you denature the grain, the grain becomes a problem. It's what you're talking about is absolutely true. And so, so when, when we, we have, when we do allergy testing on people on a clinical level, um, we find that most people can't tolerate 
today's processed oats, wheat, and corn. They can't. Right. So, right. so making that distinction is, 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 uh, is really important. It's the refined stuff. But like you said earlier, the Ezekiel breads, the darker the bread, the better, the whole. I mean, that is a healthy, nutritious food, and people need to stop being afraid of it, right? Yeah, it's not scary if it's brown. It's scary if it's white. <laughs> That's exactly true. <laughs> so when you work with clients, I heard you mention meal, meal plan, and I love hearing those words. When you mention clients, what is your primary focus? Do you have like certain products that you work with? Is it really service-oriented or education-oriented? Is it consulting? How do you, uh, uh, how do you work uh, with your clients primarily? So, yeah, it, it's purely service-based. I don't have any products to sell. Um, so I'm, I'm a vegan coach. So that, that, that's – my business is twofold. I'm, I'm a vegan coach, so I help people go vegan. And I do that either, either with a two-month program or just – if someone's gone vegan already and they just want some extra information, they want to make sure they're doing it right nutritionally, I do one of programs for them. Um, and I'm also a nutritional therapist, so – I I offer people again either one-off sessions or a longer block of sessions, and they come to me with various uh, ailments, various issues. It can be something, it can be something of nothing. It can be that they just want to achieve better health. Like I said before, a lot of the times it's weight loss and digestive issues, but it, it could be cancer. Like I said, I've, I've helped people with HIV um, and epilepsy. It could be anything under the sun because you're basically recommending. The same, unless they have intolerances to certain things, you're basically recommending the, the, the same diet, the whole foods, plant-based diet, the most anti-inflammatory diet. I mean, a lot of our diseases, as you must know, are based on inflammation. They're inflammatory diseases. So, yes. And it's a whole food, plant-based diet that is going to reduce that, infl- that inflammation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously they're, they're working in conjunction with their doctors as well. You know, coming to me is like a secondary thing that they do alongside. Although True. sometimes I have to say... Sometimes they come to me because they, they've had no joy with their doctor. Yep. And that it, and they might have even got worse with their doctor. So sometimes I'm someone's last port of call. Yes. After they've sort of exhausted uh, <laughs> treatment from the doctor. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I meet with people. I talk to them. I, I mean, my service is very bespoke as well. So I take into consideration people's lifestyle, whether they're busy, 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 and don't have much time sure. to spend in the kitchen, or whether they have lots of time, whether they have kids. They might also want meal ideas for their kids. Um, so, and then I send them meal ideas, shopping lists, resources that are sort of relating to whatever we've been talking about. Um, resources sort of related to their to their particular issue. Um, yeah, and then I also offer them a service uh, just via WhatsApp, so they you know they can just message me anytime they like. That's awesome. Just sort of saying, oh help, I just got home and I don't have much food in the fridge. I don't know what to make. What and I'm like. And then I'll talk them through making something. Um, or they might just be down and just think, I don't know if I can do this, you know, so I just give them some moral support. Um, yeah, so so even though I'm saying a lot of my clients it is about weight loss and digestive issues, still within that everybody is different. You know, yes. someone might have a, a, a more expertise in cooking and they might need less help from me because once I, you know, give them recipes, they know what they're doing. Other people might have zero experience. Yeah. So it is all, it, it's, yeah, every client is very different. But um, 
yeah, I just love the sort of one-to-one interaction, that engagement, seeing them become really engaged with it and enjoy it. Because I, I think at first they come to me thinking, oh God, this is something I've got to do. I really should do it. I don't know, just something I should do, so let's just do it. But then they, as they're learning, they sort of, they're, they're, they're realising all these new things and just, just engaging with it and, you know, becoming really confident and really enthusiastic about it. So yeah. I, and I, I just really enjoy that process. Do you do uh, like one-on-one coaching? Is it all online? Do they come to you? Do you have groups? How do you deliver this type of uh, care to your to 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 your clients? Sure. So I I work with Skype. Um, that's way more convenient for me. It's Skype video normally. Occasionally I'll work. Some people just don't want to be on video, so that's fine. I can do it by telephone. If it's nutritional therapy, I actually do insist on video because you want to, you want to see the person. Um, but if it's just coaching, um, then I'm, I'm happy to do that by phone. But yeah, so it, it works great for me. It works great for the client. They don't need to get dressed up. They don't need to leave their house. They can do it at a time that's convenient to them. Um, so that that is mainly how I do it. I have done it in person if someone's local, you know, if it's just someone that's that's a couple of tube stops away or something. But most 99% of the time it is online, yes. Yes. So share with us and the listeners, what are some of your directions and goals for the future? I know you've been doing this successfully for five years. You've been doing it for yourself even longer. What type of, yeah. are we going to look for some videos from you, Karen, or books? Or what, what's, what's the future look well, like? I actually did write a book. I, I, I forgot to say, actually, in my sort of, when I was talking about my background, when I first thought, okay, I want to help people, I did write a book. And I, but it, it was huge it was like it was like the size of which is actually bigger than a phd and i just wrote <laughs> about the impact that you know meat and dairy has on our health and on the planet on, on and, and how a whole food plant-based diet can change and it was just huge it was too big an editor looked at it and said look your tone isn't consistent throughout you need to rewrite it and she this was before being vegan and plant-based was mainstream as well so yeah. And she wasn't on board with my message. She um, she had just edited a book called Gluttony in the um, Tudor era. So she she you know she, and she kept calling my book a manifesto. She kept thinking, and I just thought, okay. So I didn't I didn't rewrite that, but I kind of didn't need to. Because I I felt that it had served its purpose. You know, when you write things down, it sort of you absorb it as you're writing it down. So yes. it had sort of locked all that information. In, in my brain anyway, so it's very, very helpful for doing that. So I'm not going to write another book. What I would like to do is just be able to help more people. I'm going to carry on doing one-on-ones because I do love that sort of one-on-one engagement. But I would like to help a lot more people. So I do want to make, you know, videos, sort of make some sort of video programs. Yes. To make them very, very accessible for people. And just put those online, just so that they are always there, and so that anyone who wants to to uh, learn in a very sort of cheap, very accessible way can do that. Um, yeah, and I would like to do more, just do more talks. Um, so yeah, it's 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 finding the time to create this, but it's something that I am. Yeah, it's something that I am going to do. That's awesome. So as it's we all, get, it's always all about helping as many people as possible. Hundred percent. I, to I totally agree. I mean, that's one of the reasons I started the podcast three, two or three years ago now is because people in my area get tired of hearing me. So I want them to hear from you. I want them to hear from other practitioners so that they know I'm not crazy. I'm not the only one. There are many of us 
out there serving our communities, helping people see the truth and getting out from under this faulty wiring and embracing real health. And so, yeah, that's that's good. As we well, get- I, I did, I did um, do live streaming for a while. The very first live streaming platform was called Periscope. Yes. And um, there, there was a group of us sort of live streaming on that. So I did sort of try and reach as many people. I used to do a Periscope every day on, on awesome. sort of various aspects of veganism, and whether it was health or the environment or the ethics, whatever it was. Sure. But unless you've got a really high profile, there's only so many people you, that you can reach on that. Yes. And sometimes it was ridiculous because you just get trolls saying stupid things. And um, so I, but now, now that sort of technology is a lot more advanced and you can live stream on any platform now. Oh, so yeah. yeah. I, I, I do want to start doing that again. Good. Yes, I do want to get into the habit of doing that again as well. I encourage you to do that. People need to hear your message. Yes, I will. As we get ready to wrap this up, I got a couple more questions to kind of close out our interview here. First of all, if there's one thing, if there's just one message that you want our listeners to come away with, one principle or key point that you want to make sure and make to them, what would that key point be? I don't know. Just, um, I just encourage everyone to think critically and don't settle for anything less than the best health that you can achieve. If you're having niggles and pains and rashes and just little things like that that just just sort of keep you down and not feeling as, as, as well as you can, then just, just you can live without those. And just question why and just, just, just be open to new ways of eating yeah. and that's good veganism is becoming more mainstream now so explore it you might if you don't want to call it veganism that's absolutely fine just explore all the information that is out there on a plant-based diet specifically a whole food plant-based diet yes there's plenty of resources are there's plenty of can i just ask you are you plant-based by the way um 80 20 i follow what, what does that, oh. I follow, I follow Dr. Bernard Jensen's work, uh, Chemistry of Man. He wrote over 60 books. He served right. over 400,000 clients worldwide in a patient-practitioner relationship. He was the developer of iridology. And his, right. uh, his basic, the basics, right? I call it structured yeah. flexibility. 80% of your daily intake, fresh fruits, vegetables, whole fruits, not processed, clean water, the other 20% can be from what he referred to as more of a acidic nature, maybe a small amount of meat, maybe a small amount of, uh, of uh, starches, but he was really an 80-20 guy. And right. if I can just get people to do that, the amazing That's happens. That's a big improvement on what most people are eating anyway, so yeah, I see that, so, yeah. So when they embrace that and if they say, ooh, I love this, is there more? I'll say, yeah, talk to Karen. <laughs> So what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you, Karen? I know from the media platforms or a website, what's the best way for, for them to get connected with you for those that would like to? Yeah, so I have a website that is uh, vegancoach.co.uk. Um, lots of resources on there, lots of articles. Lots of, I try and do blog posts as often as I can. So there's lots of info on nutrition, um, supplements, uh, recipes, stuff on the environment, stuff on the ethical side of it. Um, just, just so many resources on there. 
Um, I'm also on Facebook. Um, I think it's at Vegan Coach Nutritionist, capital V, capital C, capital N. So that's at Vegan Coach Nutritionist. Okay, let me repeat um, that. Let me yeah. repeat that on this end. The audio is a little better. I mean, you're coming through really good. Uh, 99% okay. of it today came through great. So thank you very much. I mean, you're in London. I'm in Cheyenne, Wyoming. This is beautiful. Um, but I want to repeat these and make sure and, that I get it right. So for you listeners to catch up with Karen, go to vegancoach.co.uk or on Facebook. It would be Vegan Coach Nutritionist. Yes. Vegan, yeah. vegan coach nutritionist. We will send people your way. Karen, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your evening uh, to, be, uh, to be on this episode of Total Wellness Radio. Thank you. And, and promise me we'll do it again. Absolutely. Thank, thank you so much All for right. having me. It blows my mind that you're in Cheyenne. It's <laughs> daytime now. Fantastic. Yeah, well, for Karen Cottenden, this is Dan Young, and thank you again for tuning into this episode of Total Wellness Radio. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Total Wellness Radio. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. If you are a natural health practitioner and want more information about how to maximize your impact in your community and develop the practice of your dreams, be sure and check out our mentorship page, Mentorship Blueprint on Facebook, and you can contact us at practice.blueprint at gmail.com for more information. Until next time, have a great day.